What up, it's D, and today we're covering what the politicians and diet experts will probably never tell you. So you know what? Let's just get right into it. Hi, my name is Davis, and I'm part of a group you've probably never heard of. We can't be defined by the mainstream as together we're the face of a movement. And because we all know that what type 2 diabetes can do to us and the people that we love, we want all the possibilities to live in the life that we deserve. Since we're fighting for ourselves, the people that we love, and for one another, we have to play the game different. We have to play the game smarter. Because the faster we spread our message and help each other out, the faster we're saving lives. The faster we're saving lives, the faster we're saving families. And the faster we're saving families, the faster people just like you and I change the world forever. So if no one's ever told you, let me be the first to tell you right now that you have every single right to live in the life that you've always wanted. That you have every single thing that it takes within you to crush type 2 diabetes on your own terms. And don't ever let anyone take that from you. Now if you ask someone stuck in the past, they tell you what we're doing is impossible. Yet it's happening every single day, all because we chose life over type 2, and these are our stories. Now on a personal note, since we know what works for everybody is different, do not use any of this information to treat, cure, or diagnose type 2 diabetes or any other metabolic condition as any and all changes must come from your doctor's care. I'm simply sharing what's taken me from a total diet failure since I was a kid, then turned morbidly obese and diagnosed type 2 diabetic and ultimately told that I'd probably end up dying the same way that my grandfather did to completely turning everything around and now sharing everything in the hopes to save as many lives, in the hopes to save as many families that deal and struggle with the same metabolic condition that I have. So if you haven't already, go ahead and like, subscribe, share this information, and let's get on with the show. Hey, it's Davis. Are you a type 2 diabetic? Have you ever gone from like diet to diet, you know, with like these different ups and downs, and in the end, you just wanted the freedom to be yourself, right? Or maybe you're like me, where you've, you know, gone online, and you watch all these other people, like Facebook groups, or on the internet, or whatever, completely turn a page, turn their lives around, and you're like wondering, like, Man, when's it finally going to be my turn, right? Look, if any of this sounds familiar to you, for you, I've made a 21-day free blood sugar challenge. That's right. It's a free 21-day blood sugar challenge, and you can get it right now at lifeovertype2.com backslash 21 days. That's lifeovertype2.com backslash 21 days. In it, I reveal all kinds of stuff that you'll probably never see anywhere else. Everything from like the highlighter trick that I use to completely shortcut the success behind a lot of these different type 2 diabetes diets out there without any of the headache, the strain, or any of the pressure and really the stalls and the breakups that a lot of these other people are going through with those diets, right? At the same time, I show you everything from like how I lost my first 75 pounds without any drugs, exercise, or any hardcore dieting whatsoever. And I even show you the three-step A1C shortcut. And you can get it all right now for free at lifeovertype2.com backslash 21 days. Again, that's lifeovertype2.com backslash 21 days. You know, first and foremost, let me tell you something. Um, I just want, I really want to like, thank you. This is kind of a humbling journey, you know, and I'm taking this whole thing in a whole new direction. If you haven't noticed, like my upload times are way off my, whether it's on like, you know, like YouTube, um, or even on the podcast here, I'm like not even on social media anymore. And I'm kind of like going in this weird direction. And I hope more than anything, um, you know, depending on where you are right now in your journey with type two, that absolutely inspires you. Because, you know, more than anything, like nothing's perfect. You know what I mean? And it's what's weird about it is, is uh, it's one of those things where if you've ever done something and, you know, you kind of like fall off and maybe for whatever reason, right? Like no, nobody's perfect or whatever, right? Like I'm definitely not perfect. And so there are times where, yeah, sure, there's a level of self-sabotage. There's a little level of like weirding out or messing up or, you know, just we kind of get caught in a funk, right? We've all kind of done that, right? 
And inside of that, it's kind of weird because I've kind of like fallen off and I've kind of like embraced it. As weird as that sounds, and I hope that you can do the same because I'm definitely going to get into the you know like the whole uh, the politician thing, the politics thing, and, the, and the, the diet expert thing here in a second. But before we do, I just kind of hope more than anything that this part kind of resonates with you because look, like I don't think anything has to be perfect. In fact, I would say that not being perfect is really what makes it perfect. And here's what I mean by that, right? Like so. You may have heard of this before, but like it, it's kind of like resonating with me like more and more and more. And I think the more that we can actually just like stop, look back, make peace with it, laugh at it, embrace it, maybe like just do whatever it takes to get us to take that turn or maybe even just chill and take the pressure off our shoulders is sometimes what we really need to do. And here's what I mean. Like. So, um, I had, I was super fortunate enough, huge shouts out to Doug Reynolds. He had, uh, introduced me to a lady by the name of Belinda Fetke. And I'm going to be releasing our podcast here soon. The only reason why I haven't is literally in the middle. We were, uh, planning this, um, this uh, interview for, I think maybe something along the time, along the lines of like six weeks by that time, maybe even closer to eight weeks. And by the time we were actually able to put things together, her husband is the famed Gary Fetke. Um, wonderful folks. Um, I have not met him personally, have not met her personally. However, um, you know, just the time that I'd spent with her, uh, gives, you know, a really huge inclination of who she just might be. And I just, you know, super endearing, super heartwarming, um, full of passion and, and, and really just kind of like information and, and, and the heart to serve, you know, and you can't help but love and respect that. Even if you don't necessarily see eye to eye with everything that she's saying, however, it's very transparent. Um, yeah, you know, nothing but, uh, nothing but love, you know, when you see someone like that. Well, anyway, I mean, we've been planning for this thing for a minute, right? And then like, literally I'm scrambling to put everything together. I literally race home from the office. I get everything set up and my mic takes a crap. Like right as I'm setting up and it's not working and I'm like, oh my goodness, dude. And so I can't back out of the interview. It's one of those things where, you know what? You just got to show up, you know, you show up, you just got to do it. Right. Like kind of like diabetes, right? Like I didn't ask for this thing. You know what I mean? In fact, if I could be honest, like this whole diabetes thing took away a huge part of what I thought was like my, in, like my innocence. You know what I mean? Like I literally walked in, um, Thinking one thing was something else. And I walked out a type two diabetic and, uh, you know, I, I, I wasn't expecting to be, Hey, told like, Hey, you have a, you know, you have a, uh, metabolic disease and, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it kills a lot of people. And, uh, yeah, here you go. You know, like, here's some pills. Um, no, I was not expecting that whatsoever. Um, and it's this weird thing. Like, um, and ever since then, right. It's this series of ups and downs and, um, you know, these rocky highs and these low lows and these, these points of darkness and, 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 uh, and isolation. And what's funny about that is like, I'm starting to think that that's where we actually get to shine. I'm starting to think that that's where we get our rocky story from. Because we can now look at like type two diabetes and be like, no, you don't define me. No, you don't define me. If anything, I defy you by getting off my cheeks and making this happen. 
And sure, it's not going to be pretty. And sure, it's not going to be fun. And sure, whatever. However, those challenges and all that other stuff, you know, rubbing my face in my own crap and falling over myself and all this other stuff is like what we all glean from. So when we turn things around and like when we have this momentum and when we have this new lease on life, we now have the ability to look back and be like, nobody could take that from us. We lived it. And what it also does is like when we encounter someone who's going through similar struggles, it gives us a lot higher level of empathy. We don't need to beat our chest and be like, oh, maybe you need to, you know, look at this guy's work or my diet's better than yours. Or, you know, obviously I, I like sharing people's work. So I take that part back. I don't, need, I don't think that's a bad thing. I think that we all need to share as many resources as possible. But what I'm saying in that is, is that, look, if you don't think that you're perfect, then let me tell you that that's actually the, f- the perfect place to be. That what makes you unique and what gives you what you need to turn this around and crush type 2 diabetes on your own terms is the fact that you don't fit in a box. In fact, if we're being honest with one another, type 2 diabetes... Most of us don't fit in a box, right? If we were the perfect, oh, you know, Heidi Ho, XYZ diet, perfect, blah, 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 we probably wouldn't be type 2 diabetic. At least I know I wouldn't, you know? I mean, obviously everybody's story is a little bit different, you know? I mean, I'll just be straight with you in the fact that I never mistakenly put things in my mouth, you know? In fact, I did it and I enjoyed it and I liked it. And I knew for a while that maybe it wouldn't do me any good. But it's all right. It's all right. And here's why I say that. It didn't dawn on me until I was in Vegas one time. And it was the first time I ever had a wood-fired pizza. And an artisanal style wood-fired pizza. Right? So if you're anything like me, grew up super blue collar. um, You know, used to, you know, like Little Caesars. Um, you know, Pizza Hut, whatever. And what do we see? We see these balls of dough that are like all pre-measured, right? Uh, when they make the pizza, it's perfectly round. It matches the shape of the little tin thing that they put it on, right? Um, on top of that, they put like two ladles. They circle the ladles around. Then they take, you know, a specific amount of cheese or maybe two handfuls, whatever it is. Right, whether it's pre-measured or not, and they make the sauce like in a perfect circle. They make the cheese in a perfect layer in a circle, and then they evenly distribute like the toppings. At least, you know, ideally, that's what they're supposed to do, right? And then they cook it, and then you typically get the same finish on the same on the top and the bottom. And that level of consistency is why companies like McDonald's take off. Right? It's a, it's a system. Right? And <clears throat> I went to Vegas. This is a number of years back. And the first time I ever had a wood-fired pizza. 
And they were like, oh, yeah, you know, our fire, our flowers from like, you know, Italy and all this other stuff. I'm like, yeah, right, dude, whatever. You know what I mean? Like flowers, flower, dude, whatever. You just grind up some grains. And I didn't know any different. Okay. And so they're just throwing the pizza dough around and it's not even like like a circle. And it literally looks like I don't even know what, you know, almost looks like someone just like hawked a loogie on the sidewalk and then like that shape is like the shape of like the pizza and then you look at the pizza and it's like clumps of cheese all over the bloody sauces all sideways it's like thick in one place thin in another in the middle of the pizza it like bubbles up and then burns to where it's black you know what i'm saying and then like you're like, what is this? Like, dude, did somebody bought like what? You know what I mean? And then you look at the bottom of the pizza. It's got all these like weird. It's like black, right? Because all of the burnt flour from the bottom of the the wood fire oven. And you're like, dude. And then like maybe, you know, there's even like burnt parts on the top part of the crust too. And you're like, what is this? You're like, you know what I mean? Like, look, handcrafted artisanal cheese, my cheeks. Like, what are you doing? You know what I'm saying? Like, what is this? And then you take a bite and you're like, I will never look at pizza the same. You're like, dude, why isn't every pizza like this? Right? The cheese, I don't, dude, the cheese was all uneven. It was light in one place, thick in another, but the flavors hit your mouth. The textures, you know, you had a soft and a crunchy on one part. You had a burn and like a, and like a fluffy rich on on the another part. And you're just like, dude, every pizza needs to be like this. You want to know something? That's you. That's you. And I hope you know right now more than ever that you are so unique and that you are so special and that you, you that you mean something that you're worth crushing type 2 diabetes type 2 diabetes does not define you so let's get into that um a couple of years back a few years back so by nature by trade um you know i'm, I'm a finance finance professional and um one of the one of the jobs that i had back in like 2002 maybe in like 2003 was I, I was at this uh, finance finance company, and they all had a home screen for their quote unquote computer system, and in the upper left corner, taking twenty five percent of the home screen, was the market, and not like what you see on like you know CNN or C SPAN or anything like that, where it's just like oh yeah, just ticker 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 ticker, you know like chart 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 chart. No no no, it was one. It was one thing. And it was the 10-year bond. And um, I'm, I'm a mortgage professional. And so the reason why they have the 10-year bond, obviously, is that it influences rates. At the same time, the reasoning was very simple. Very simple. And I think we've all learned it as kids. Right? Where it's like, it's not about what people say, but it's actually more about what they do. Right. People on Wall Street are going to say this and that and the other and whatever. Well, if we just look at where the money is and where the money's going. A lot of times we can kind of cut the crap. Right. Um, Warren Buffett, one of the best investors, actually probably one of the best investors of all time. Um, you know, him, Ray Dalio and a few others. 
Um, he says it's very simple. He's like, yeah, I just read the financial reports. You know, he goes, if it's Christmas time and you know, normally people are doing all this other stuff. And he goes, yeah, sure. You know, family guy. What's funny is if you actually look him up. He's not one of these dudes with his heads up his cheek, his head up his cheeks. He drives like a Lincoln town car and he's, he eats McDonald's every morning. You know what I mean? And his wife literally gives him change to the penny so he can go to the McDonald's drive through and get a little egg McMuffin. Like that's awesome. Right. And, uh, what's funny is he goes, yeah, you know, I just, I just look at what they're actually doing with their money. And that's kind of, it. it's not some weird, fancy, flashy, you know, whatever. Right. And it's funny because I'm not that great of a political guy. I'm more of a, I'm just going to do it for my family. Like if I, if I think that, uh, for example, um, we're kind of fortunate, my wife and I for, for, for healthcare because she works for a health network and we, my kids and I were under her umbrella. Um, however, if we weren't, I mean, it's really simple, right? Just, uh, read what the options are and pick the best one. However, same rules apply, right? So instead of like, for example, instead of like fighting over, Oh, you know, healthcare, this healthcare, that healthcare, this healthcare, that well, like, why don't I just look at my healthcare plan and pick the best one? And if the costs involved are, you know, pros, cons, right? There's two sides to every coin. Normal. Okay. What do I need to do to facilitate that? And then I just do that. Okay. I mean, I'm not the brightest guy in the world, but that's essentially what it kind of boils down to. Um, and my father, I think I was probably influenced this by my father. So Long story short, my dad actually, uh, my, my grandfather was a, um, a Filipino soldier in the U.S. military, served in the death march in Bataan. Uh, my dad came to this country, 21 years of age, homeless, $50 in his pocket. By the time he filled out his immigration paperwork, he walked out of LAX, Los Angeles um, export, or, uh, um, airport, with $12 to his name. Okay, came here with 50 walked out of the airport with 12 and now he actually worked his entire life, working career, blue collar job, um, finished it at the Huntington Beach post office right there on Warner as a window clerk. However, in the interim, a coworker of his asked him, Hey, Dave, cause his name is Davis as well. He's like, Davis, you want to want to sell your house? And he's like, why would I ever want to do that? And he's like, well, because you lived in it a little bit, the value went up. What he didn't know, what his friend did not know at the time is that was the catalyst for my dad to go out and now, you know, buy numerous single family residences, duplexes, triplexes, an entire cul-de-sac. My dad now owns real estate, you know, both domestically and abroad, almost all, I think actually about like 99%, all of which while he was working at the Huntington beach post office as a window clerk. Okay. And he kind of taught me the same thing, which is like, you know, and I'll give it to you right now. Like, you know, like when it comes to like this kind of like finances and stuff like that, it should be so simple that it fits on the back of a napkin. Right. And if it isn't, it's always some weird, goofy way for some, you know, someone to try to charge you like rates and fees that you should never be paying in the first place. And so call that out as fast as possible. And then just, you know, if it's crap, then it's crap. Just move on. Right. And then do something else. And as simplistic as it sounds, Here's where I think that we're kind of losing it. So 
I would watch this index, the 10 year bond, because it influences everything from like, you know, um, social security. It's, it's, it's the bedrock of like, you know, uh, pension funds, right? I mean, who hasn't heard of savings bonds since like the seventies, right? However, let's take a look. Okay. Let's take a quick look here. And here's, and you're like, why does it have to do with type two diabetes? Watch this. Okay. So, um, uh, perfect example. Um, in 2008, um, feel free to look this up. There is the, uh, the treasury department released a report stating that, um, it's there, it's the 2008, um, treasury, gosh, there's a name for it. Um, but basically just look up 2008 treasury, um, social security. Cause remember how back in like 2008, when Obama was running and like, I forgot who else was running, but like, you know, the, the hot topic was, you know, what are you guys going to do about social security? Right. And the re- wh- like, why, like, why, why were they talking about it? Right. Well, obviously because it was almost on the verge of bankruptcy and that was the hot topic, right? Hey, what are you guys going to do about it? How are you going to turn it around? Brrr, okay. Awesome. Right. To put things in perspective, when my wife and I first bought our home, and you, if you're a homeowner, you probably might remind, remember this too. When my dad was buying income properties in the eighties, non-owner occupied rental investment properties, he was paying like 18%, 19%. Okay. 16%, 14%. Like those were awesome rates back then. Okay. When my wife and I, when we went to buy our house, um, we were going to go, we were actually looking at going at FHA and we were looking at like eight and a quarter. Okay. Now, obviously, rates are like at 3%. Okay. Now, what does that mean? When we know that the 10-year bond is the bedrock of like, you know, interest rates and that 10-year bond is like ties to like, you know, Medicare and Social Security. What does it say for the return? So if we, regardless of the, uh, so here's what I mean by that. I was, so I was, I was at lunch and two of my friends, they start to argue about politics. And I was just, you know, I'm just hanging out. We're at, we're at lunch and I'm just enjoying my food and I'm just watching them go at it. And whenever there's three, you know what happens? They try to put one in the middle is like the divider, right? Like pick a side, any side, but you know, like pick one, you got to pick one. Right. So they look at me, Davis, what do you got to say? And I was like, oh, you know, I was like, I, I, I don't know. I don't really know what to say. Like, why not, man? They're like, you know, like, you know, this side, this and that side, that. And I was like, and because I was so ingrained into looking what, not what people say, but what's actually happening, regardless of the noise that people can make with their face, looking at what was happening. And so I just told them, I'm like, okay, well, let's follow the money. So both sides, you know, regardless of what term you're looking at, both sides are saying this and both sides are saying that. And I'm saying this respectfully to both sides. I'm just calling out the truth for what it is. Right. So when we understand that the baby boomer is like the bedrock of this country financially, because they, you know, spurred everything from like, you know, the, uh, the, the hot rod craze, they, you know, everything from the technology, right. Like, you know, uh, um, obviously not Facebook, but you know, like Apple, Microsoft, um, you know, the, um, the tech boom throughout, um, you know, even in the very, very beginning of tech, right. The industrialization era, like all of that stuff, the baby boomers were the ones fueling that stuff. 
and they set the foundation for a lot of us now to stand on. And so when we look at that and we're like, okay, when I look at when rates were at like 8% and they got crushed, like they got cut, which is awesome for the savings for a lot of people when it comes to mortgage rates. But what about the returns? Who's taking a haircut here? Right. And I started to talk to my friends and I'm like, look, man, doesn't regardless of what side of the, you know, what side of the fence you're on, like both sides, neither side was able to lift up those, you know, the returns on that bond. So they made a bunch of promises and maybe they meant well, and maybe they tried, but I'm like, look, name one program that if we look at like, I think one of the first cut rates, like 2001, it's like what? 2000, it's like 2020, right? So look, think of those long-term bonds, right? So like, if we never even went back to par, how are we going to make up the difference? And I started, I started asking that and like, neither of them had a question. I'm like, okay, great. Now look at the federal budget, regardless of the presidency for public schools. I have kids in the public school system. What's the allocation for on the federal level for education? Zero. Okay. So, you know, God bless anyone looking forward to social security and pensions. And even if you read that report, 2008 saying that basically the do the first four buttons basically says, or first four bullets of the report basically say something along the lines that, you know, regardless of what we do in the future, because they're at such a big deficit that there's essentially nothing that they can do to, you know, dig their way out. And, um, obviously there's been numerous uh, publications and and updated uh, reports since then. Um, however, when we look at the actual returns, like what's the interest rates, right? What was the 10 year bond at? Did it ever make it back to even back to par, let alone making up where everyone got shorted for all those years? No, you know, sure. Other parts of the market may have taken off and I'm not talking about the market, but I, I hope you understand what I'm talking about in that when it came back to my friends and here's what it has to do with type two diabetes. I said, you know, it's funny. Whether we look at foreign policy, economics, health, right? All the different, like all the different legal things and all the other stuff in between. Number one, there's no way that one person knows everything there is to know about all of that stuff. Obviously, right? That's why they have a cabinet, right? That's why they have a team around them, right? And the hard part about it is, is we're never voting on the team. You know what I mean? The hard part about that is, is like, we almost forget, we get so lost in this whole thing that we almost forget that, yeah, these people are captivating and what they say, the messages that they say and how they say it is phenomenal. However, we almost forget the fact that they also have speech writers. So we're almost falling in love with someone else's song. They're just singing it. And I'm like, look, what's funny about that is, is I guarantee you. If we took away all of the narrative that people are trying to put on top of you when, you know, uh, basically indoctrinating your view on something before you even have a chance to look at it. I was like telling these guys, I'm like, look, let's take five, pick five random topics, whether it's, you know, 
public spending, foreign policy, um, you know, um, 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 import export exchange, um, you know, relations, um, you know, the the uh, the um, um, the dichotomy in law or whatever or finances or whatever on a presidential scale that we have to deal with as a country. I'm like, strip the narrative and just give that documentation raw to somebody. I guarantee you, I wouldn't be surprised if like 85 to 90 to even 95 plus percent when they're not being coerced and they don't have somebody's voice trying to like manipulate them into thinking a particular way. I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of those people, if they didn't have a narrative behind it, that they'd actually pick something else that because they weren't being manipulated, that they would actually have the freedom to exercise their own thinking that they had the freedom to exercise to, I mean, the, 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 the freedom to exercise their own empowerment, the freedom to exercise their own ideals and take their own actions. And I say that because we're now seeing the same thing in the world of diets. It's kind of weird because I was watching this um, thing where the uh, gentleman by the name of Paul Saladino, really positive guy, positive dude. Um, He's a zero carb guy, you know, and he was on the doctors and I mean, you know, man, that TV show. I don't really watch that much TV, but you know, I kind of saw clips or whatever, and just kind of like the way they were like manipulating the audience and they're just yelling. And he's here. He is just trying to have an actual conversation. And you're just like, ah, you know what I mean? You're like, come on, man, really? Dang it, man. Like, why do you have to like yell to try to like manipulate the emotions of the audience versus sitting down and like laying everything out on the table and letting people take what's worked, what, you know, what, what works for them. Right. The hard part about that is, is that I like that guy's work a lot. In fact, I actually want to interview him. I do. In fact, what I really like is if you actually feel free to look this up is uh, Stephen Gundry, who's a vegan guy and Paul Saladino, who's like a straight zero carb guy. And they actually on YouTube, they actually have like a little bit of a debate and they go back and forth. And what's cool about it is there's no belittling one, two, you, you can't help, but realize both of these people have impacted and helped countless people. And three, the common sense there is that different things work for different people. And what I mean by that is that when anytime we try to put ourselves in a box, a diet box, sure, there are ideals and frameworks within that, that can serve us forever. However, it's almost like that we forget that freedom doesn't come with a new set of handcuffs, right? Like the space outside of the box is always bigger than the box. And that if we have a metabolic condition like type two diabetes, that can like shatter us, not just shatter us, but shatter us in front of our family, shatter the family, wreck us, you know, financially, emotionally, spiritually. I mean, just so many different ways. My dad made a friend with a homeless gentleman. I'm like, pops, like what happened? You know what I mean? And long story short, my dad just says, Hey, I went to this coffee shop one time. I thought I saw this guy down on his luck and uh, offered to buy him a coffee. 
And next thing you know, he ends up, my dad ends up finding that this gentleman, this older gentleman lost everything fighting for his wife and their fight with cancer, liquidated everything they ever had lost the house. And unfortunately they lost that fight. And it humbled me and it made me realize like, yeah, I'm going to celebrate the work of, you know, Dr. Paul, I'm going to celebrate the work of Dr. Gundry. I'm going to celebrate the work of anybody who's ever served and have helped save lives that deal and struggle with type two diabetes. However, however, when we understand that at the foundation of a lot of these different diets, if you will, are some very core principles like getting away from things that are processed. Don't eat chemicals, right? Go more towards whole foods. Very simplistic, right? If we're look, if we're type two diabetic and if any diet claims to like, you know, help us control our blood sugar. Great. Let's identify the foods that don't spike our blood sugar or spike it very little and start there. Doesn't have to be rocket science, right? And what I say that they, these people will never tell you is that when we realize that the space outside the box is, will always be bigger than the box that whether we look at our own spectrum of possibilities, whether it's like, Hey, look like, Hey, I'm uh, you know, I'm, I weigh this much. I'm, I'm a male. I have a family, a kid, you know, I have kids. I, my body works well with this food, that food or whatever, or I was raised on this food or, you know, like my bloodlines come from here and I crave this food. When we understand that all of that stuff is different and that it's unique to use your fingerprint and that a lot of these diets completely ignore that, which is pretty blind. When we now look at everything outside of that box, I sincerely believe that we deserve every single chance at living the life that we've always wanted. And then when we look at that level of freedom, what these folks won't tell you is that there's actually, when we look at the entire spectrum of possibilities from everything from, from diet to exercise to, to sleep. Um, you know, even medication, I'm not even a medication guy. I'm, I'm more of a drug free guy. I'm more of a food and, you know, handle it on your own and, and crush this thing on your own terms. But Hey, different people, different things for work for different people and different bodies are in different places. And I don't ever want to leave anyone behind. When we look at that, what they're not telling us is that the spectrum of possibilities goes infinitely beyond they might mean well, they might've seen countless lives transferred, but the last thing that I can ever do, and this really is where it hit me is when I went, you know, keto, low carb, I'm a really low carb guy. I really am I'm not going to lie. I am. In fact, I would say that I would start there for anybody who really wants to cut the crap, start with the four pillars, test out low carb, build an easy baseline. If you want to grow from there, cool, man, just draw yourself an easy uh, baseline, an easy average, and then test against it with certain foods. Bingo. It's not hard. It's a two-step process. Okay. But let's get back to the subject at hand. I hope you understand that number one, there are so many possibilities out there for you. 
in that a lot of times the diet industry or even some of these diet experts, they might mean well. They do. I know they do. Now, so some of them, they kind of take, they get a little too goofy with it, but God bless their hearts. What are you going to do? Right? In the same time, this really kind of hit me when I was uh, really super keto. And I was like, yeah, A1C, normal, what? Say something. You know what I mean? And I was like, yes. And I was for, there was a time where I was actually throwing rocks at the vegan people. Like, how can you, sh- how can you do that? How can you teach people this? Because vegan blew up in my face. However, I was cleaning out through my stuff one time and I ran into, I think it was like the Gerson therapy book. And when I went vegan, I bought everything I can get my hands on. If you're anything like me, go on, you know, Amazon and just whatever you can click on basically is what I bought books, DVDs, all kinds of stuff. And I basically threw away everything except for a couple of things. I held on to the Gerson therapy book, the, uh, the, the cookbook that goes to it, um, fat, sick, and nearly dead. Um, um, simply raw, um, the juicer and a couple of other things. And I remember, cause those were the things that inspired me the most on this journey in the very, very beginning. And like, what was I going to do now? Like go back to these people that have turned their lives around and sure their food might look like, might not look like mine, might look like completely something different. Although now I can easily eat their food with a couple simple, you know, modifications, right? Super simple. Um, I don't have to play that game anymore, which is why I'm sharing all this stuff with you in the hopes that free you and doing the same thing. By the way, if you want to see how to do that 21 day free challenge for free, there you go. Anyway, what was I supposed to do? Like go back to these people, look at like, you know, the doctors and the scientists and the, the families, right? People just like you and I, people in the same struggle. Okay. Cause like, they're not the enemy. The enemy is type two diabetes, right? Like, what am I going to do? Like look them in the face and be like, Oh, you know, like, you know, good, you know, good job turning your life around, but too bad you're an idiot. You're doing it wrong. I like slap them in the face. Like, no, that's stupid. In fact, a lot of these people don't even care about diet politics. They realize like the fight that they're actually fighting. And I hope that serves you well, because I want to yank those covers off you. I want to take that pressure off your shoulders. I hope you understand that there's way more for you out there. And yes, don't get me wrong. Start. Let me start with this. There are th- priceless things that we can take from any and all diets. Yeah, there are. In the same breath, when we look at everything from who's really like, if we look at how many people have to last, because we're all like, oh yeah, this diet's sustainable. That one's not sustainable. This one's sustainable. And that one's not sustainable. Look, let's, nobody's an idiot here. We all probably went to high school right? We all learn about the law of numbers, right? So like, meaning we put 10,000 people in a room. Some people are going to be, you know, good at like playing, you know, the piano. And some people are going to be good at like math. And some people are going to be good at science. And some people, if you gave them the same thing to eat every single meal, every single day for the rest of their life, they'll do it too. However, not everybody can. When we look at any statistic on any diet, and you ask, hey, who's done this for you know, 20, 30, 40 years? All right, cool, because I, I plan on, I don't know about you, but I plan on living at least 30, 40, 50, if not 60, right? So, you know, they're like, all right, yeah, this diet's done that. All right, cool. How many people had to try the diet before that for that one person to make it or that 20 people or whatever? And then when we look at those numbers, it's like, dude, do I really want to bet my life on that? Like, no, no. And 
that's a stark, undeniable truth that like most diet experts will probably never share with you. Which is why I say, dude, like yank those covers off now and give yourself more options. I, I, I say, give yourself more freedom, freedom to learn, freedom to now see what your body actually re- reacts to. Instead of like listening to a pundit who's like trying to twist you and whatever and, and have you do their diet, maybe, just maybe, one of the easiest ways to make peace is to take a split second and to actually just take a second to listen and like see what our body is responding to. And sure, sometimes it's not going to be perfect. Sometimes it's going to be through the roof or whatever. And that's fine. And that's fine. Because the faster we can identify certain foods that, let's say, don't spike our blood sugar a trillion points or whatever, and it doesn't have to be diet food. For me, this was like Mexican food and like Chinese food and like burgers. Again, if you want all this stuff for free, I show you how to do it for free. And the hopes to save as many lives, hopes to save as many families that deal and struggle with type 2 on the 21-day challenge. You can get it for free. Not some goofball trying to sell it. I do have a program in there that I do sell. However, if you look at the price point, what you get, like it's only transparent in the fact that I'm really just trying to do that to kind of keep the site up and keep stuff like this going. Anyway, I want you to know right now that if you're imperfect, that's what makes you perfect. If you have type 2 diabetes, that you have every single thing within you that it takes to crush type 2 diabetes on your own terms. Don't ever let anyone take that for, from you. And that if and when we yank the covers off and we understand that there's an entire spectrum of possibilities to not only empower us, to make things easier for us, to make things less confusing, and to ultimately make peace with whatever struggle we have inside that we can not only like turn our lives around and impact the people around us in ways we've probably never expected, but that sometimes just by either sharing ideas or simply by listening to somebody else that we can do the same for others. My heart's with you, dude. I love you. Have an awesome day. Go crush. I'll see you in the next one later.